1: Bye. Uh-huh.
2: So, uh, welcome back to the A to Z of Festivals uh, mini podcast office, and we're joined. This is uh, this is the biggest one yet, actually. There's one, two, three, four, five of us in the office today. It's a blistering hot day out in uh, sunny London, so we're uh, yeah we're in a kind of mini sauna here, and we have Paul Reed from AIF, Hello, Paul.
3: Hi, Robbie. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good.
2: Good, good. good. Uh, Kevin Moore from Boardmasters and NAS. How are you
3: doing? You're right.
2: Good, good to uh, see you, thanks for coming down. Mary Caulfield from Greenbelt. Hi,
4: nice to be here.
2: Have I pronounced your name correctly? You have, one. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Liam from Camp Bestival. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for coming the two yards from your seat over there, Liam, to, uh, to join us. So yeah, it's the, it's the age set of festivals. People normally tune in, and it's talking in depth about one person's kind of vision or dream for their festival. Today, we're kind of going a bit wider because I think, um, you know, I think this might be not like number nine or ten, and people have said, "Oh, why don't you get into some subjects a bit a bit deeper?" And I think one of the subjects that is obviously very now, very 2019, is tents, single-use plastic, people leaving stuff behind at festivals that maybe they shouldn't. So we thought this week we would sort of go under the, uh, well, through the tent flaps and explore that world <laughs> of, uh, of of um, tents and, well, you know, that leads on to kind of single-use plastic. So I think, you know, kicking it off, I think it was you know, this week the guy who went down seven miles into the Mariana Trench and he, yeah. he found a plastic bag at the bottom of it and yeah. it probably, if he had a little bit more of a look, he'd probably have found a single, uh, well, a one-man tent down there maybe <laughs> with a best of all wristband on it or something. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's very it's very kind of pertinent. I mean, Paul, as the head of um, AIF, you've recently launched a, a campaign against, against sort of leaving your tent at festivals. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, that's right. So it was a bit of a follow-up to, we did a campaign called Drastic on Plastic last year, which was a a pledge from all of our members, so 65 plus festivals pledging to completely eliminate uh, single-use plastic on their sites within a three-year period. Um, So it was the next phase of that, really, and it was a two-pronged approach. So we wanted to raise awareness with audiences and enable them to hopefully make better informed decisions about not leaving their tent at the festival and trying to connect it to the wider single-use plastic crisis and equate it in their minds. That was part of it, but also to call upon the retailers as well to stop marketing and selling tents as essentially single-use items. If not explicitly, then certainly the implication being in their low price point combined with the description as a festival item yeah um, so it, did it you actually go
2: the to the did you actually go to retailers and, and do that
1: well we've called upon them so we're hoping that that'll be the start of a dialogue I think you know it's not about laying the problem entirely at their door or anything I think they can be part of the solution but we'd, we'd certainly like to see a reuse message at point of sale I think that could be really powerful
2: did, did any of them come back yeah. and sort of say anything <laughs>
1: I think Argos issued a step and said, oh, we sell various tents and we sell them all with a bag so people can pack them up. So, <laughs> so it's, it's all fine then, isn't it? I mean, come on, it's no, it's no good enough really, is it? In terms of their messaging, and I'd say they're one of the worst offenders because, you know, not only tents, but you can buy like an inflatable mattress, a sleeping bag and a camping chair mm-hmm. and a four-man tent for Argos for just over 60 quid
2: yeah and it's like
1: but the message wasn't about buying a more expensive tent because actually you know we talk to people like camp light that go into in and collect tents and reuse them and set them up at, at other festivals and actually there's a lot of reuse value in in a cheap tent it's just you, you've got it it's the perception yeah it's a it's the perception of it as a single use and i think that is coming from the retailers if it's not coming from them then where is it coming from it's certainly not coming from the festivals so
2: no, sure, mm. but playing devil's advocate, I mean, Kevin, you know, maybe you guys and us with Best of All in the past, you know, we we have had a big problem with um with with tents being left behind, and you know, we we can lay it at the blame the blame at the door of you know the Argoses, the Tescos, whoever, whoever else is selling tents, but ultimately it comes down to the people that are using them I mean you know there's a lot of people that would buy a tent and that, that would be their tent for the next 10 years
3: completely I think there's a duty on the side of festivals to understand that they need to get the message out to their customers and the people attending their shows to, to let them know the impact that leaving those tents behind will, will have um from a sustainability point of view um I think there's a lot of uh, sort of Um, misunderstanding around what happens to tents after festivals. There there have been some initiatives in the past, well well, meaning initiatives where um, people have been encouraged to drop off tents for refugees or for charities or or for local organisations close to festival sites and that goes a certain amount to kind help in with the reuse of tents but predominantly the majority of those tents that are left behind will go to landfill and I think it's trying to educate our festival audiences to understand that they need to Get more in tune with reusing, and it's trying to. Well, to your point, it's the, the point around single use tents. Are tents should not be a single use item. They should be reused year after year after year until until they spring a leak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and then we should mend them. And then we should <laughs> mend them exactly. Yeah, yeah, reuse yeah. and recycle. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sitting here as um, you know a festival promoter who camp festival. Luckily, I think you know Liam will back me up on this that we can go into the campsites on the Monday and they're picked clean and all the, t- you know, every single tent's definitely gone and, and people have put their rubbish in bags. But I think that's a, a family audience, very, very kind of responsible. Yeah, yeah. And and then with the, my best tool hat on then, I mean, you know, some years it looked like world war three out there mm-hmm. and it was, it was so depressing because you just put on the best show that you could have put on. And and yeah. I was not blaming any of the punters at all because that, you know, I think, you know, particularly in wet years as well, or, or windy years, people tend to, to leave them behind.
3: They, they, they do yeah. indeed. And, Again, it's kind of again the duty of the shows is, is to try and encourage audiences to take more ownership of, of the festival sites that they're attending. Um, I feel like it's we've, we've been guilty as promoters and festival organisers of, of kind of allowing that type of behaviour, whereby you kind of come to the show and you have the best time of of your year, and then anything you bring to that show can be kind of left as part as part of that experience. Mm. Whereas that's 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 the challenge to us as promoters and festival organisers kind of to tackle tackle that and educate our customers that actually they need to take back what they bring with them. It's, it's, a, it's a two-way street. Yeah.
2: So, Mary, would you say it's kind of um, it's the people selling the tents, it's us as promoters, and then it's the, the public as well?
4: I think that the public has a bigger part to play in this than you're all very kindly saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's your yeah.
2: fault, the public. Well, essentially...
4: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> because all of us are fed messages all the time aren't we? You know, we we're sold stuff all the time that's single use and you can make choices do you buy a single use item and chuck it away or do you buy a reusable coffee cup and you know do you do you keep that what do you do with that? And if you set out to go to a festival thinking I'm going to leave this behind because I actually don't care about the consequences of this. And yes, a lot of those tents will go to landfill, but actually a lot of those tents will be exported. A lot of those tents will be bugs. There's a report that's come out today that says every 30 seconds in developing countries in the world, people die from the pollution caused predominantly by single-use plastic. Those tents are single-use plastic. We shouldn't be as individuals saying, I'm going to have a great time and it's okay if I leave my tent behind and it goes to Pakistan and someone dies as a consequence of that. That's not okay. Why should our fun lead to someone else's sorrow? And I think... How, we, how does
2: that... Um, sorry. So how does that kill... How does it kill someone?
4: So there's a variety of ways. So there's, if you look at most developing countries, they don't have any waste infrastructure at all. So when waste ends up there, either from those local individuals or because us in britain have sent our stuff with our waste provider so festivals we take all our waste we give it to a waste provider they take it to a recycling facility or all of those kind of things but because in the uk there's a very tiny market for plastics most plastic waste in the uk is exported to countries like pakistan and uh, countries even less infrastructure than right okay. so what happens to that waste is it gets Piled up in massive landfills, it gets burnt, which causes massive air pollution, it leaks out of those landfill sites and it blocks up the watercourses, which leads to floods, which causes cholera and dengue fever, Um, and uh, and also waste plastic, things like tent, you know, if you've had a tent and you take it home, you've had a good weekend, you take it home because you're being responsible, but it's a bit damp. And then you go and take it out again three months later and it's really grim because loads of stuff is growing on it. Well, if you imagine that in a massive, massive landfill site, the pollution in those places is phenomenal. And it goes out into the local areas all around that. It's not just the guys on those places, you know, doing litter picking or trying to make money from it. It leaches out into the watercourses. So, yeah, okay. Festivals are fun. and We won't say, come to our festival, have a great time, drink a load of cider, put all the glitter on that you ever wanted to wear. Brilliant. But I think we've just been a bit scared to say, actually, you know what? Take some responsibility for your own actions and take your flipping tent with you. Powerful, mm.
2: powerful message there. Um I mean how, how do you deal with that at Greenbelt? I mean, Greenbelt I was starting a bit uh the wrong way round, because I, I should have got you to say a little bit about Greenbelt before That's we fine,
4: no we started off, but
2: maybe for, for listeners that haven't been to Greenbelt, I mean, you, you guys have been running almost as long as Glastonbury, is that right?
4: Yeah, we're 47 years old this wow. year. Wow. Yeah, um, We're really fortunate, we've got we've got a really diverse audience in terms of ages, and I think when you have a more family um Demographic running through Mm. your groups of people even though you've got groups of teenagers and groups of young people just changes that vibe But I think also as a festival we've always been quite upfront about talking about environmental issues and been really clear with people so look, if you leave your tent here the magic pixies are not going to come and take it away, you know, and and I think you're upset, um, what you were saying earlier about the fact that people think that they all go to a wonderful place, mm-hmm. a lot of people do think that, you know, and we've had people saying to us, well, can I leave all my stuff here, and it used to be, oh, it can go to the jungle camp in Calais, or can it go over mm-hmm. there, can it go over there, mm-hmm. and actually, if you're running those kind of projects, you want really good quality stuff, and if you bought a tent for essentially, what, 30 quid from Argos, it's not good enough quality to send to a refugee camp, because it's going to leak, you know, it's not going to keep you warm and. a really cold night, because they've not designed it for that. They've designed it for three nights in July in England. Mm. Those temperatures just aren't the same. So helping people to understand that, even if they're trying to do a really great thing, they're not going to do it. No. I mean,
2: Liam, you you were saying off-air before we we kicked off about um, you almost sometimes get the reverse reaction from (laughs) people saying, why haven't you sent, you know, why aren't you sending all our tents to the jungle or yeah. to Bangladesh or...
5: Yeah, I was saying, you know, earlier, like, uh, uh, a few years ago at festival. so, you know, as Robbie was saying, you know, at festival we've, like, we've almost seen, like, the total two, the polar opposites, like, uh, Bestival, or Canvas or other, is, like, that family audience where, you know, people are, and the, their tents are worth, like... £800 to £1,000, there's no way they're going to abandon that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whereas Best of All, you know, we we really did battle with, uh, with, with tents. And, you know, um, two years ago, we, we desperately tried to put out the message that, you know, if you don't, if you leave your tent, it's not going to go to um, refugees. It's probably going to end up in landfill, or, as you say, like incineration or or the like. And um <laughs> We put out these messages on socials, and uh, you know, people immediately started throwing it back at us, like, "Why are we being more responsible and, and giving these tents to to, um, to refugees?" Yeah. Um, but you know, as, as you say, like the the logistics of just doing that, and you know, having a, a team of like 10, 20 volunteers going around campsites trying to work out what tents are broken, what tents are fixed, what tents are it's just not logistically possible. And the window for to do that, you know, like at festivals most of the time the land is rented as well. So the window to, like, allow that sort of scale of a salvage is just not possible, really.
4: Exactly. I um, knew a bunch of guys that went into Reading to try and bring a bunch of tents out to take abroad for a project. And they were there for all day, and they thought, you know, great, there's a load of us going in, we're going to get... And it was just a waste of time because left and right all around them, there was cheap tent after cheap tent after cheap tent that was just no good. And then when you get to a more expensive tent that could be useful for a family in a refugee camp that's better made, it's dirty, you know, so you don't want to pack it up and send it abroad because by the time it gets there, it's going to be carrying bugs into that place. So unless the chances of people having both a really expensive tent that is immaculately clean, not damaged in any way, that they've taken down and packaged up beautifully and handed back to a festival and organised and said, This is useful. That's, it just doesn't happen.
3: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I think when you've got shows at that scale, that, that that's where the challenge is, like with Boardmasters. With, with Boardmasters, we're a 50,000 capacity show. Mm. And if you try and tackle that problem all encompassing, you're, you're never going to succeed. And I think what we've come to realise is, is we need to try and tackle the problem bit by bit. And one of the initiatives we're looking to bring in this year is we're having an eco campsite. So I know that Boomtown have done it and a couple of other shows are looking to do it as well. Um, but our ambition with that is it's going to be a relatively small campsite, fit maybe 500 to 1,000 tents within that space. But in order to get into that campsite, you've maybe got slightly nicer facilities, but you sign up to a pledge and that pledge will be uh, around a number of things. But one of them being by staying in here, I'm committing to taking my tent home. And our ambition is, at the end of Boarmasters this year, we can take that winning photo of a field completely clear of tents mm. and say to our audience, you can do it. Like, we've demonstrated that our audience are able to do this. And kind of shame the other, one, other members of our, our audience who aren't doing that. They yeah. just say, look, your peers and, and, and your, your friends, they can do this. Mm. Like, let's take action.
2: I mean, it's difficult not to be patronising or, um, or you know, as you say, shame people because it's it's kind of been the way it's been done. And I think you know, even maybe with gender equality or or other issues that we're all facing now for years, these things have just been ingrained. And you know, when we started festival fifteen years ago, we we thought it was completely normal that afterwards we'd have to spend three weeks yeah. tidying up the campsites. And, and now we're sort of getting to the point where it's it's maybe not acceptable, but it's it's a fine line, isn't it? Because we, you know, for the lovely people that are listening that have paid a lot of money for it to come to our festivals you know maybe that you know that's what their friends are doing so it's it's kind of a hard message to to get through but i, I think yeah things things like that is a, are a great um great proposal and i mean lynn the eco bond that we that we've run at um festival was was fairly successful wasn't it
5: yeah i mean you know we we sort of started the so we we started an eco bond at um Best for a few years ago, to just increase the rate of recycling, really. Yeah. So, you know, rather than uh, having people just throw everything into one rubbish bag or just leave it sprawled out across the campsite, and make it a lot harder to, you know, litter pick and recycle. We sort of had the um, had the, had a scheme where a ten pound deposit was added onto your your ticket, and uh, and then at the show, you if you returned a bag of rubbish and a bag of recycling, you
3: had um you had your ten pound refunded to you. Mm. Um, we did similar on, on Boardmasters, mm. and I, I think we've done it this second year, this will be the third year, but each year it seems like that message is getting further and further and we're seeing greater uptake, and I, I think it's only a really positive thing. I mm.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely yeah. growing. But I think you're absolutely right that you can't be preachy or patronising no. in, in any way. I mean, we've we put out this educational video, it's just a minute-long video, it's widely shared on on socials we've been crunching the numbers and we think it reached over 12 million people last week which is fantastic um, but we were really chiseling the message down and that's why we went to say no to single use because as Mary was saying it's an active choice you mm. know rather than saying there's no excuse for single use or you know trying to guilt someone I, I think it's better to try and inspire them to to make those choices And once people realise that actually if you leave your tent there, it's the equivalent of almost 9,000 plastic straws or 250 plastic pint cups. Once you start thinking of it in those terms, then hopefully however hungover or tired you
5: are, it's going to plant that seed. You've you've wasted
2: your weekend not using a plastic straw with every drink by uh, instantly multiplying that by 9,000. So um, let's take a little break there while we go go to a break.
0: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: This is Rob DeBank's A to Z of festivals. Subscribe now and please remember to rate. I, I posted the thing out saying um, saying we were doing this today, really chuffed that we got you guys in to talk about tents and um, and asked um, our lovely public on social media what they think so I'll just tell you some of their answers and chip in if you have any comments. Uh, Ollie Oliver uh, make all areas respect or love your tent offer cash to stay over and clear them skint kids might go for it. Um, David Brown low-cost tent rental, quite a few people said that actually that way they can be reused quite a few mm-hmm. people did suggest that promoters could, I, mean, I know we have things like Tangerine Fields and um, other, other boutique suppliers who sell at quite you know a, a good rate to um, get you in, but maybe we could be looking at um, buying decent tents mm-hmm. and, and renting them out ourselves.
1: I think Boontown are doing that this year actually with, yeah, yeah. with Competent. There's a scheme where mm-hmm. someone can uh, effectively they pay £45 and can then sell the tent back for £10. So they want to leave it there and it'll be reused the following year so trying to create a, a circular economy to use the popular term yes
2: yeah. yep, spot on <laughs> okay um, Joey Nathan a lot of people leave their tents back because they couldn't figure out how to pack it back in which I know sounds really daft but actually I did have to do a video a few years ago <laughs> of um, you know and it, and it is it's really easy getting it out isn't it you're excited you've had a couple of pints of cider and you're like yeah yeah, come on we're at board masters let's go for it and then um you know, on the Monday morning, you're hung over, and Beans on Toast has done a brilliant video for um, Boomtown on this. I and like then, uh, you know, I think he said, "Pack, pack your um, something away, expletive." And uh, it's yeah, it's it's difficult to.
4: And that's that's you know a lot of that's down to the design, not so much with the bigger family-sized tents, but the pop-up type tents. They're working on the assumption that you're going to leave it behind, so they don't put as much design into how it goes back into the bag as they do as to how beautifully it pings out when you get there and chuck it on the floor mm. so you can go to the festival and so that's that ongoing conversation between festivals and the Orgos's and the Tesco's of the world which is saying if you if you're going to sell these tents then people do need to be able to put them back into the bag that you've said you've
2: I like your cynicism, Mary, but you're totally right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The canvas company. Lots of people don't even realise tents are made of plastic. Education is the starting point for sure. Share the AIF UK initiative. There you go. Hashtag take your tent home. Is that your official (laughs) hashtag? Yes, it was. Yeah, we
1: we had a trend in actually on the day. There
2: you go. There we go. so uh, let's have another look at a couple more of these. Uh, there are plenty of charities who do this amazing work but unfortunately such a small amount are able to be salvaged compared to the few hundred thousand that are left in the UK each year. It's a dangerous myth to perpetuate so as we were talking about it's um yeah leaving a tent doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily disappear off to um yeah a, a good cause somewhere. Um and The problem with incentives is that someone who will happily leave a tent, air mattress, sleeping bag and camping chair behind probably isn't going to worry about a £20 gift. This is talking about a sort of eco-bond type thing. Mm. We shouldn't reward the ones who behave like a civilised human. We should penalise the ones who don't. Thank you to Adam Tatton-Reed for that. So, um, yeah, lots of different sort of ideas, probably mostly going around the same kind of areas that we are, which is, Mm. you know, I suppose, Mary, education is, is...
4: yeah, I think it's like anything you do with a festival, isn't it? The better you tell the story, the more your community understands what you're doing and why you're doing it, and the
2: more they feel part of it. Okay, cool. Well, that's that's an amazing um, little um, praisey of where we're at with Tents. I mean, let's let's maybe lighten the mood a little bit and have a little recap before we end this on, on, on this. You know, the state of festivals, independent and major, and ev- everything in between. I mean, Paul, with your hat on from the AIF, uh, I mean, you're over 60 members now?
1: Yeah, yeah, approaching seventy actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
2: And people feeling buoyant about the UK festival scene.
1: I think so. Yeah, I think on the on the tip of the season, like we, we had a meeting, we had a round table at the at the Great Escape uh, last week, um, and the feeling was was generally optimistic. I think most people were, were where they, they needed to be. It doesn't, you know. There's been a lot of concerns about the obvious topic Brexit, which we which we're not going to go into. <laughs> you yeah. have to do a whole a whole series yeah. of separate podcasts. That
2: won't be about. sorted out, but for this <laughs> time for this festival season, it will be like <laughs>
1: exactly. maybe in five years' time. Um, but that doesn't seem to be affecting um, people buying tickets. Thankfully, no. at least from the independent mm-hmm. sector, is it, does that no. echo what you guys are seeing at it's the moment? Completely
3: from from our side, yeah. Both. Um, NAS and Boardmasters, so Boardmasters 50,000 cap show, and we've maintained that capacity over the past couple of years, which is which is fantastic, it's tough selling tickets mm-hmm. as we all know. And NAS, we've just realized from 20,000 to 30,000 capacity, so from our, our side, we're still seeing a hunger for people to attend shows yeah. and, and have that festival experience. And
2: who, who? so who's headlining um, Boardmasters this Board Masters, year? Boardmasters,
3: uh, our main stage headliners, we've got Wu-Tang Clan, Florence and Foles nice. this year. And then over at NAS, we've got um, Cypress Hill, Giggs and Rue
2: Okay, and so are you? I mean, Broadmasters, is fair to say is quite a young audience, and are you you, you yes. sort of sticking with yeah, that,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of sixteen to twenty-four year olds is sort of our, our, our niche. Yeah, um, a lot of, um, sort of sixteen to eighteen year olds as part of that, and and that's you know, for us, we want to be there to help make those memories, so those first festival memories. So yeah, yeah, Why we all sort of do the job over at Vision Nine, yeah, and um, and, and that's what we love. Yeah, presents so own, own set of challenges, most definitely, but but yeah, that's kind of where where we're sticking for the time being.
2: So you think the kind of coming of age, um, you know, going to a festival when you're 16, 18, 20 is still very much... A... Very
3: much so. I think it's still a bit of a of passage here in the UK. Um, I think that, that sort of... That, that sort of first festival dream still burns quite brightly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And what's the weather forecast for uh, this summer? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you that's can get the anything, most important. Thing. It's on the edge of a cliff. You can get
3: blazing yeah. sunshine <laughs> one minute, tornadoes the next. Yeah. Is it's Board, maybe not is boardmaster on sand. No. So we've got we're dual sighted. So we've got our main music arena is um, down at Watergate Bay. So that's uh, Greenfield site, and then we host a surf competition down at Festival Beach, which is on sand.
2: Right. So do people stay out all night and then they get on their surfboard the next morning? They do indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great way to wash over the hangover. <laughs>
3: That's
2: a good little good little lad. Yeah. Mary, do you have um, headliners as such, or?
4: Yeah, we do. Uh, we're not entirely all music focused in quite the same way because yeah. we're a mixed kind of more uh, music and arts kind of festival. Yeah. Um, we've got Frank Turner headlining oh, one of our right. nights. We've got Russell Brand headlining a night. Um, we've got fantastic Negreka, Negrito. If you haven't heard of him, check him out. He's won a lot of Grammys. He has an amazing live show. Um, Lucy Br- Spraggan, and then we've got things like the Belarus Free Theatre as well. So we've got a really diverse mix. Of that stuff. sounds
2: amazing. So you have got Russell Brand. Yeah. How did you um? How did you manage to pull that one off?
4: Talked to him nicely for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah.
2: Medi- med- about meditation and uh,
4: <laughs>
2: spirituality.
4: Well, because our festival has uh, faith elements running through it, and and we look at how that interacts with your life and how that might impact the choices that you make or the the things that you do. So for him, for him, that's something that's of interest. So I think we ticked boxes that maybe some of the other festivals wouldn't.
2: Yeah. No. I think that's a great booking. Well, good luck with it all. Um, Liam, I won't ask you who's headlining Camp Festival because I think we all know that and we're not <laughs> going to be accused of uh, being an advert for uh, Camp Festival. So, um, but yeah, thank you guys for coming in. Hopefully we could redo this in a year or two and we will be t- sitting around going, wow, that was amazing. The, all the tents just got cleared up last year mm-hmm. and uh, and it's not a problem anymore. Yeah, think I think that's that's... likely?
1: Keep the messaging going. We're going to aim to keep it going throughout the season and hopefully, you know, I'd like to see it on the entrance to campsites and on screens because that's where you've really got to to hit people when they're actually there on site. So I think if we can can keep the conversation going, then hopefully we can... I mean, it's estimated there's 250,000 abandoned tents at UK festivals. It's probably a conservative estimate. So hopefully we can at least get that down over the next year. Yeah,
2: that is bonkers, isn't it? Two hundred and fifty thousand, wow. On that bombshell, let's <laughs> leave it and thank you for listening to the A to Z of Festivals. We'll be back next week with something. I slump decided what it's gonna be, who it's gonna be with, but we'll be back. So um thank you to my panel. Paul, Kevin, Mary and Liam. Good night.
5: Cheers. Cheers.
2: <laughs> this is Rob DeBank's A to Z of Festivals. Subscribe now and please remember to rate.